Hi, this is Jim. And this is Max. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. This is Fly Purbly with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth, who just know that the Dutch Gretzky is going to pull it all together and become that first line right wing. We know he can all. I can't. I I can't. How many how many drug rings do you think have been busted at a cottage? I think is my big question. Oh, oh, let me tell you. Let me tell you about all the drug rings that have been busted in a cottage. There's got to be at least 12 drug, drug rings busted in a cottage. But let me tell you what oh. else. Oh, yeah, Gerald. <laughs> I I mean, I think that might be the most surprised. I guess the whole Yuri Leterra being involved in a drug ring altogether is big news. But just the idea of drug dealing going down in a cottage, I think, is this, the aspect that blows my mind. Or also just... I think that's the most European countryside drug bust possible yeah yeah i guess that's fair also i was looking up apparently he can just get fined or just given two years in prison for uh his part in a drug ring which i find fascinating i I feel like that there should be more jail time involved or like maybe you shouldn't have a job anymore mainly that you shouldn't have a job anymore please finland (laughs) finland i've never asked you for anything I don't think I'm going to ask you for anything again, although we don't know. But at the moment, just put out an arrest warrant for Yori Laterra. Yeah, this is the kind of situation where I want just a light enough tap on the wrist, if you will, to get him to lose his job on the Philadelphia Flyers. I don't care if he gets another hockey job. Don't care in any way, shape or form. I just don't want him on the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, that's all I want. I just, I just want him off the flyers, and I feel like you know, just a, just a bust in a little drug ring. That's not really, it's not too terrible. You know, it's not ideal. It's not what a role model would do, but you know, just enough to, uh, to get, get him out of here. The, you know, so just enough. When uh, the question is, when the cops bust down his door, and he goes on a high speed chase, uh, as high as fast as your other terror can move, we'll put it that way. Do you think Ron Hextall and Dave Hextall are going to try and help him? Like, do you think they're going to be in the car with him, like throwing stuff at the cops to slow him down and defending him? Or do you think they're just going to be like, well, he's a lost cause? I feel like, I feel like Hextall will be front and center and would lay down on the highway to try and slow down the cops or like be in the backseat, just throwing like hammers and like nails at the cops to try and slow him down. I feel like Hacksaw I'd imagine he was in more of a, a Mario Kart situation where he's just <laughs> banana peels. tossing banana peels, tossing <laughs> turtle shells, live turtles even, and just whatever he can do. Now, I can see Hack in that situation, and I can see Hextall just slowly backing away and kind of disappearing. Slowly working 
Dale waves back up to the active roster and seeing if he can win face-offs. <laughs> <laughs> Dale, can you meet me at the Wells Fargo Center? You've uh, got to practice at the draw because we're I, in a bit of a pickle here. I really cracked up at, I forget which preseason game it was, but during the intermission for one of the preseason games, Keith Jones and Jim Jackson were interviewing Ron Hextall, Ron Hextall and Keith Jones came out of nowhere and was like, you know, who's had a really impressive mm. preseason is Dale Weiss. And yeah. I, I got to give Ron props here. He expertly avoided that question where <laughs> Jonesy's like looking for some Dale Weiss praise. And Ron said what might be inadvertently the most backhanded compliment possible. Ron said something along the lines of Dale's played about as well as he has in the two years he's been here. <laughs> Which what is that bar? He's gonna get nine points this year, right? What a what a great yeah that is a pretty uh back end compliment. God, I well Dale Weiss is here. I mean, He's and Yuri Latera is here still. Which I mean, at least Dale Weiss had the opportunity to get a plucked away from another team by being placed on waivers. Yeah. Yuri Latera, not even a consideration. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, absolutely not. And. This guy kills penalties. This guy <laughs> is an all-star along the board. Did I mention this guy knows how to kill a penalty? <laughs> I just, I wonder to what extent, like, I just, I want to hear the news stories get worse around Yoria Terror and the fire just be like, ah, we're still going to play him. They're like, well, we found two kilos at his cottage out in Finland and 23 people are suspects and seven people are arrested. And they're like, all right, well, has been named yet. And it's like, well, we found two bodies underneath that cottage. It's like, oh, well, I mean, it did help the Flyers land the 29th best penalty kill last year, so we don't want to take him out of the lineup yet. And like, <laughs> they're like, and he also signed the dead bodies and said he did it. And I'm like, well, look, I mean, we're not taking him out of the lineup just yet. Like, we don't, that could be anybody signing as Yuri Latera. So you can't. Well Listen, Craig, the Flyers traded a talented young player in Braden Shen straight up for Yuri Laterra. And there's a reason for that. He is an all-star along the boards. He is a penalty killer. He is an all-star along the boards. By the way, real quick, we need to talk about, because we just did our the Broad Hockey Fantasy Draft. Joel Farabee, speaking of uh, nothing else in the Braden Shen for Yuri Laterra trade, Joel Farabee is apparently ranked higher in the ESPN Fantasy Rankings than Hag, Gudis, Lawton, Vorobiev, and Oscar Lindblom. I don't know if you saw, I think it was uh, Brad that said that in the chat. But Brad or Paul. But that's uh, it, it seems that a guy ESPN... that doesn't have, <laughs> the guy that's not going to be playing professional hockey this year. That's pretty uh, That's pretty impressive for ESPN to put that, put that on there. On the one hand, it's hilarious. On the other hand, it seems like ESPN might not know what they're doing when it comes to the sport of ice yeah, hockey. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, they hired Greg Wyshynski, though, so you would think that would, uh, you know, know, turn something around. about devil's hockey. Yeah, you'd think they at least know a little bit about the trap or uh, Scott Stevens or something. I don't know. But uh, apparently it hasn't reached the fantasy aspect yet because, holy shit, some of those well, they rankings. Didn't even have, they didn't even have stats for Nick Backstrom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was, that's what I think the most frustrating part of that uh, draft was, was I would draft somebody and then whoever was after me drafted somebody that was like 10 times better. And I was like, I didn't know they were still available. Like I had yeah. already assumed they had been picked, but 
yeah, it's real wacky system. I didn't understand how it was set up. I did a couple Yahoo fantasy drafts and didn't really see too many issues like that. Their rankings seem to be pretty accurate. Yeah, Yahoo overall, I think, is a little bit better than uh, even for football. I think I liked Yahoo better than ESPN, but I can't really complain that much about my, my fantasy team's going to suck no matter what. It doesn't matter what who's host, hosting the, the league. So that's not a uh, excuse. I just enjoyed the fantasy rankings. Oh, so oh, I yeah. think you think Casey Middlestat was ranked higher than Ryan Johansson, which uh, sure. I mean, that's definitely whatever floats your boat. Yeah, whatever you got to do is fan. But Yuri Laterra, let's talk about. I mean, Gerald Antoine Laterra. So to recap the entire situation. Uh, in case you somehow missed this story. Yuri Laterra is one of 23 suspects in a drug ring, and apparently they raided his cottage when he was not there, and seven people were arrested at his cottage. $750,000 of jewelry and gold were seized, uh, and as I said earlier, the most punishment he can receive is that they're fine or up to two years in jail. I think I also saw that PEDs, and amphetamines were like, uh, I guess rated. I don't know how else to say it, but well, like the one nice thing to know is if there were PEDs, Latera clearly was not getting high on his own supply. <laughs> He's following the uh, Ten Crack Commandments, which is, I mean, way to you know follow the uh, model, one of the best rappers out there. But also, I mean, there's just no maybe way. Should, maybe should have. I, right, I, but, yeah. but we know he's not. Like that that has to be beyond a shadow of a doubt. Because if it came out that Yuri Laterra was using PEDs and still that slow, my God. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if Hexel is just like, hey, Yuri, we just have to ask you, did you take any PEDs? And he's just like, absolutely not. And then Hexel is just like, can you start taking the PEDs? Because we really, like, you just need a little bit quicker of a step. That's pretty much. Just a little bit quicker, and then we can maybe sell you to 10 to 15 of the Flyers fans out there, rather than a great... How many, how many Latera defenders are out there besides the TV broadcast crew? I've never met a fan. I, I, but, I, I've even met a couple people who would try and argue that Dale Weiss is decent. I have never met a single solitary person who says, Yuri Latera is great. I, I've never even met somebody who says... Yuri Laterra is serviceable. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, Dale Weiss, as of the first season, I you could have I could have argued that Dale Weiss was an all right defensive forward. Not worth the money, still wouldn't play him. But if you had to play him a handful of games to the thirteenth forward, that might be passable. Now, I mean obviously the I mean, God no. Just no thank you at all. There's and a reason that nobody claimed him on waivers yeah yeah but also i mean i, I just how do you uh, well it's finland things get crazy you, you don't know how people get caught up in drug rings but well as they like can say ain't no party like a finnish party <laughs> this party ain't finished yet as he says Ooh, walking in the door oh no <laughs> with way too much cocaine also oh, like no. i feel like if you're in north america how do you uh, it's a lot of international drug handling. Like, it's a lot of work to do to kind of keep that drug ring going. Wouldn't you just kind of be like, hey guys, I'm playing professional hockey. 
I don't know if I can do this whole drug thing anymore. Or is that like a hard? It's a hard game to get out of. Yeah. I don't. Well, I, I don't mean, know. What but... do you have? Half, uh, maybe a quarter of the time in the season last year was spent in the press box. So while he's there, he could have been multitasking. You think he's doing international deals while he's uh, up there in the press box? Uh, oh, yeah, he's he's munching on flyer-shaped pretzels and telling the guys where to make a drop. <laughs> I love that each time we mention the press box, he goes straight for the uh, flyer-shaped pretzels. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Favorite defining the press box. <laughs> I don't even know if they do it anymore, but it's the defining <laughs> characteristic in my mind. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, that the big jars of candy they had were a big uh, fan favorite for me. Me being the fan of the candy, I don't know if they still do that either. And then also just seeing they Rando don't because uh, of you. Yeah, <laughs> he's that fat ass coming around anymore. We don't need to. <laughs> Last time this asshole came up here, he stuffed his pockets full of. <laughs> that guy from Flyers Faithful are going to come up here and steal our candy again? Because if so, gonna get this out of here. Flyers Faithful, more like Flyers Fatful. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, good old memories of. The press box, but let's talk about uh, let's talk about this roster, Steve, because it's uh, it, it's it, a roster. It's you can't argue it's a ro- not a roster. It's a roster. It's got professional <laughs> hockey players on it, and it's got guys that know how to use ice skates. Yeah, and we thought going in over the weekend that possibly the Flyers could lose both Laterra and Weiss, or not lose them, but they could be buried in the AHL. If you may recall, I was under no such illusions. I got my hopes up because I'm delusional. And then they waived Dale Weiss and Taylor Lear. But you knew one of them was going to come up because you could have 23 players and everything. And, of course, it was Dale Weiss that remained on the roster. Taylor Lear remains in the AHL. The Flyers also picked up Calvin Picard off waivers today. Oh boy! And he is a considered a non-roster player, which is something. Uh, and there's a whole I'm going to find out. Isn't the technical term for that warm body? <laughs> no, it's a whole. It's like you, it doesn't count as a roster player because of certain situation. I forget what the exact reasoning is, but it, it's something where I think the Flyers are going to need to waive somebody, probably Stolarz. While you're listening to this podcast, like as of like, they're going to wave somebody today and I would assume it's still ours. So then they have Elliot and Picard going into Vegas, which, uh, I mean, we were all wrong and who the backup would be, because if you said Calvin Picard, well, fuck you. Cause that's an insane guess considering I, he was, on I, I the, would love a copy of your Leafs. sports almanac. <laughs> Yeah, like if you that's uh you need to get into betting heavily because you know what's going on apparently. But to to talk about Kevin McCart a little bit before we talk about the roster and the roster numbers and how much of a mess the goaltending and the defense is. Uh Kevin McCart had a nine eighteen save percentage in thirty three games with the Marlies last year, so a little above league average in the AHL. Uh, in his one NHL game last year, he made 24 of 28 saves against the Avalanche. And then he was the starter for the Avalanche during that absolutely terrible year in 2016-17. So you can't... He was 15-31-2 with a 9-4 save percentage and two shutouts. I feel like I'm not going to put that on him because that team was fantastic. And they also had Patrick Wall quit 
minutes before the season started. Uh, but that was his only experience as a starter in the NHL so far. Second round pick from 2010. Uh, and the rules with claiming on waivers now, according to to Crud, are they have to he has to play has to be with the team for 10 games or stay on the roster for a month before they can, I guess, put him down in the AHL. I think that's how it works. But uh, Norvirth is anticipated to come back next Tuesday for the home opener against the Sharks. He should be back by then. And he should be hurt by the third period? Yeah, he'll like reach over to the bench to uh, pick up a couple pucks at the end of the pregame skate and he'll be gone. I mean, and I was going to give him a little cards. credit. I, I was going to say he was going to take back-to-back slap shots from Brent Burns and Eric Carlson, and that would essentially destroy his body. <laughs> just cut the torso straight off from his body. Just make him just two halves of Michael Norver just split after Brent Burns slap shot. It's essentially, it's a torso with a goalie mask that is just held up with string between the pipes. You know, they did, Sportsnet did a thing, I think, this summer where they had like the most memorable save for each NHL team, most memorable goal for each NHL team, and it wasn't like in recent memory, it was of all time, because they had like the Fred Flame, the Calgary Flames one was that Fred Brathwaite save, where like he reached back and made, I don't know if you know the one I'm talking about, but he reached back and he made a uh, save on the goal line with a stick after he was like outside the crease yeah, I think one. I know which one you're talking yeah. about. Uh, for the Flyers, they picked Michael Norworth making the game-saving save against the Wild in 2015-16. And I feel like, like uh, maybe I'm not thinking the same one, but when you think of most memorable Flyer save, which one do you think of? You know, I'm not sure. I, I will think... say... Is it... <laughs> <laughs> hey. Whoa, wait, 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 if I may, sir. <laughs> if I may. Uh I will. It's. I don't know if it quite counts the same because it's a. Uh, it's a little different. But I was kind of thinking about um, our good friend Brian Boucher saving uh, the shootout uh, so, against the Rangers. So that one, or I was thinking of the save against the Devils in two thousand. Oh like, yeah, yeah. So the it's all one, Yeah, but. I don't know. I feel like the the Norworth one was not the appropriate one, but neither here nor there. I guess I mean, we're it should have been there. Roman Czechmonic, guys. <laughs> I'm excited to watch. Uh, yeah, Roman Czechmonic when he missed that save when he was putting his glove back on or whatever. That that Prisgalov missing beach balls. Prisgalov ducking out of the way of a shot, <laughs> letting in six goals and saying he's not confident. Yeah, any of these things. But uh, uh, that, I'm that excited. Duck, I I kind of forgot about the ducking until just now. When I said and it. it's it's making me twitch. <laughs> hey, it's money well spent. At least the Flyers didn't make any drastic roster moves to fit Briscoe underneath the cap. So I mean, you can't really hold that against the <laughs> team. But I'm excited to see Neuvirth play in uh, ten games this year. I don't know, twelve, if that. Post like an eight seventy five, and then uh, cash that big fat check, baby. Sit on the bench. It's in the press box. Eat some of those uh, flower-shaped pretzels. Ron, I don't know what I have to do. I don't know what has to be done. But please let this be the end of Michael Neuverth in Philadelphia. This, for the love of God. This has to be the end of Neuverth and Elliot in Philadelphia this season. 
It, I would imagine it is. It's got to be. Yeah, because I, I mean, I don't know. By the way, let's go off track a little bit. But speaking of other guys, other goalies they brought in, uh, Scott Darling's hurt for a couple of weeks down in Carolina. So you know who's starting for them now? Peter Mrazek. Peter Mrazek, baby. Mr. Azek. Yeah, so Carolina's whole dominate possession and uh, not getting a goaltending trend. Looks like it's going to continue, baby. <laughs> Good start for Rod add, the Bod. Yeah, add Dougie Hamilton, put in Peter Mrazek. It's all going <laughs> to equal out to the same shit. It's okay, because Justin Williams is the captain now. Yeah, he's going to write kept. that shit. Should have kept. Should have kept. Wanted to write an article about that, but uh, got shot down immediately because we are not Sam Carcitti. But let's, okay, so the not goaltending. Yet. Not yet. The goaltending is a mess. You growing uh, that mustache yet? I, I, I got a full beard, buddy. Yeah, but you got to just <laughs> you isolate. somehow have to get just, just a, a gray mustache. <laughs> just make it a gray mustache and that's it. Yeah, that's it. And then you're Sam. Yeah. Son of <laughs> Sam. Just, just tweet about oh, what no. uh, former Flyers are doing. Just tweet about Belmar. And, What's uh, Belmar up to? I bet he's got half a goal this year. He got credit for screening a goalie. They're like, you know what? He's not. We got to give him something. He's probably not going to get too penny on his own this year. I wonder what Ronaldo's up to in Nashville. Yeah. Certainly not suspended. Oh, wait, he is. Well, is he? He probably is. I don't think he is yet, but he, he'll, give it time. He'll be there. Yeah. I, I, I don't give it a month. I give it half a game. <laughs> I'd say, yeah, yeah he'll, he'll get there. It won't and take Zach long. Ronaldo, in a blind rage, has. Just destroyed a man's teeth. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna knock some people uh, he's gonna knock some people off for no reason. Oh, there's gonna be an illegal hit within within minutes. <laughs> I like how they went from Harry's owner Chuck to Zach Ronaldo. Like they were just like, hey, who are guys in the Flyers with uh, checkered pasts? Let's just bring them all in. <laughs> I'm just imagining yeah, they're gonna bring Laviolette. in next. I, I'm imagining Laviolette just storming into David Poyle's office and saying. Listen up, Dave. We <laughs> desperately need some jam on this team. We need jam. Get some fucking jam. <laughs> Let's get some fucking jam in here. You know who provides the fucking jam? Zach Ronaldo. That motherfucker just smashes strawberries like you wouldn't believe. I just picture him walking into Poyle's office and doing the 24-7 speech like two or three times a week. And Dave's like, I don't even know what you're saying anymore peter <laughs> sure peter we'll we'll sign your your he's league like, minimum goon yeah he's like you know why heartsy and he's like i'm not heartsy he's like you've got to stop calling me heartsy because <laughs> we don't want to block shots i don't know what you're talking about peter can you just heartsy retired fine? peter heartsy heartsy's gone peter do you want to talk about hartnell before we talk about uh the defense let's knock it out <laughs> yeah i mean let's talk about something fun so i'm um, well happy memories at least because uh, Steve Hartnell, Steve Hartnell, the Steve, the Hartnell. Steve Hartnell, uh, has finally retired. Seventeen seasons, seven hundred and seven points, eighteen hundred and nine pims in twelve hundred and forty nine games, three hundred twenty six points in five hundred seventeen games for the Flyers over seven seasons. And I'm pretty sure a hundred of those came in a two year span. Probably, I was gonna say two thirty goal seasons, three twenty goal seasons. So he had a pretty good. It's funny, the one year, uh, the one full year, because he was here for the lockout shortened season, so the one actual 82-game season he didn't put up 20 goals was 2009-2010 when he had, like, 14. But then he also 
had a bonkers postseason, so it didn't matter. Uh, let's talk about some memories. What What is your big memory of Scott Hartnell? I think mine is a little unusual when I think of Scott Hartnell, the first thing that comes to my mind. So there's two things that come to mind. Uh, Hartnell down, number one, just yeah. falling down. And, Hashtag Hartnell down, yeah. Yeah, shout out to Seth DH, the originator yeah. of the Hartnell down. But uh, <laughs> you know, it, I think Hartnell down, starting a whole charity out of the fact that that dude just see. fell a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. And I, it's got to be that postseason against the, the Penguins where he was doing the, the Hulkamania against the uh yeah that that pens fan that signed that dressed up like hulk hogan who unfortunately i believe his name was cy clark and unfortunately he lost his battle with cancer like two years later so uh but he at the time it was very funny to see he took a lot of pride in dressing as the penguins yeah uh version the penguins of hulk hogan, hogan. i guess yeah he, he had a uh, i think his nickname was like malka mania or something it, yeah. it was a play yeah so but uh, I think the Flyers were up in game two, and Scott Hartnell mocked him uh, before they got away, out of there with a win. And, uh, yeah, the whole 2012 series with Scott Hartnell was pretty nuts because then he had the fight with Craig Adams in that crazy game three, and then he pumped up the crowd. And then he also had I mean, pretty I would say that's... goal in game five. So he was, all, uh, he was all over the place that series. I would say doing that that mocking like listening pose yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that Hulk pose I think was probably the iconic picture of that entire series, if not no. one of the most iconic Flyers pictures in recent history. Yeah, I think that's definitely. I think that is probably maybe the biggest Hartnell moment too, but definitely of that 2012, that insane 2012 series. Uh, for me, I like to think of that, and I don't know if it's something that really jumps out to other people too, but. During that 2010 run in Game Three against the Blackhawks, I think they were in the power play, and puck gets knocked down in front. Hartnell is fall, surprisingly falling over to the right side of the net, and while he's falling over, he provides a no look pass to Danny Breer on the other side of the crease, and he dunks it. And I think about that pass. I, it was just one of those goals where you knew it was going in before he completed the pass. So you're already like freaking out, but I still can't believe that he actually pulled it off because I don't know. It's good. Scott Hartnell and it just, there's a lot of coordination going on in that play, but it was a pretty insane. I also enjoy that. He has one of my aesthetically pleasing goals of all time where he had a slap shot against the Sabres. And I've talked about this before, but he had a slap shot against the Sabres where he blasted one over Ryan Miller's shoulder and Ryan Miller doesn't react at all. And the puck hits the netting so hard that it bounces out and goes past Hartnell and Hartnell's at like the top of the left circle. And then Doc Emmerich, like three seconds later, is like, that scores. <laughs> like he didn't know what in. <laughs> so that's uh, the, I think I'll tweet that out tomorrow. Cause that's, I think that was a uh, 2011, 12, but it was a pretty insane goal. I think the, the whole suck of enough thing too. pretty much anything from 2011, 12 Hartnell was, I think peak Hartnell. That was twenty four seven. That was all the FNUF stuff. The the Penguin series. I think that season was just a lot of Scott Hartnell doing Scott Hartnell stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I just was reminded of one of the all time tweets was uh, Tim Panaccio when Hartnell ended up in the net. I'm trying to remember the exact phrasing, but it was something along the lines of like Hartnell in net, no puck. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, whoever do we do we know who made the fake Panaccio? Like there was that. a whole interview back in the day on, I think, CSN's website. 
I think Sarah Baker had posted that. But there there was an interview. I forget who it was offhand. And my apologies if you ran the the fake T. Panache. Because it was hilarious. Twitter. It was great. Oh, it, it's one of the all time. Yeah. It's the only <laughs> fake account that was worth following. And there used yeah. to be a ton of them. There oh, still yeah. are. Oh, yeah, there still are. They would pop up for any little thing that would happen. Like, oh, this guy grew facial hair. Time for an account for the facial hair. That kind of stuff. So, uh, fake, fake Tim Pinocchio, though. Fake yeah. e- Evil Dale Weiss. <laughs> evil Dale Weiss is actually preferable to regular Dale Weiss because at least he does something. Yeah. Fake Christian Foley. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. <laughs> Press box tweets. Hot take machine. Yeah. Cold up here, fellas. He's just tweeting. <laughs> oh, are we start are we starting the hot take machine back up? <laughs> I missed the hot a... take. I missed the hot take matic five thousand. I might have a I might have a couple hot takes for the season preview in a little bit. For the uh around the league. But I'll find a good a... I'll find a good machine noise to put in <laughs> that we can use for activating the hot take matic five thousand. I say you just put the start of uh, Motley Cruz. Walk on the wild side. <laughs> the beginning of that. And then I'll just start screaming and saying absolutely ass night stuff. Alexandria Rachiloff is going to score 50 goals this year. Just keep y'all stupid shit. That actually reminded me of... Um... Anti-Rata, 15 shutouts. <laughs> well, that reminded me of the ESPN stats we were looking up for the projections. Didn't it project... Like, it was projecting every guy at, like, a point plus per game. And for some reason, Nolan Patrick was like, Nolan Patrick is 30 points. 40, yeah. Yeah, 30 points. <laughs> He's going to be getting fourth line minutes, 30 yeah. points. <laughs> Nolan Patrick, kill. He had, like, didn't he have 30 points last year? Like I think he had, like, 30 points playing with one hip. Uh, really slow start to the first half of the season. and One like, hip, no wingers for yeah. half the season. They're just like, he isn't going to progress at all now that he's acclimated with the NHL and has access to both of his hips again. So 39 points. Now that he's acclimated to the <laughs> NHL and projected to be in the top six and play with arguably two of the best wingers on the team. Actually, I would I would say two of the three best wingers on the team. Yeah, well, I think so. I think the top the top nine now, uh, by the way, I think we're yeah, I guess we're done with Hartnell, but Let's move to the season preview. Yeah, so the, for the Flyer, I think the top nine going into the season is going to be Giroux, Couturier, Konechny, uh, Limblom, Patrick, Forachek, uh, JVR, Verbiev, Simmons. Oh, just like we all drew it up. Well, I mean, you know, the, that you got to work with the chemistry that works best. I, I got you. Yeah, yeah, I think that second line was there for they were pretty good last year. And then I don't know. Third line with JVR and Simmons is kind of kind of nuts. I mean, that's pretty it's a pretty good third line to have. And sure. Uh, and then I think the fourth line, oh, I forget what the fourth line is. Wait, I put it down somewhere. It I think, doesn't matter. Yeah, it's going to be Latera, Raffle and Lawton, I believe. <laughs> so let's go Lawton and Raffle. Yeah, I actually like Lawton and Raffle, but yeah, yeah I, I love gonna, Scott Lawton according to some rumors. But it's gonna be Laterra face down the ice, and Lawton has one arm, and Raffle has the other arm, and they're just gonna be dragging him along the ice. That's actually what it's gonna be. They have to get him to the boards. <laughs> this is the only place he's truly alive. We need to unleash his special powers. <laughs> Why isn't he on the get boards? To the hotel, sorry, Laterra. 
Put him on the boards. He needs to be on the boards. <laughs> Get to the you can play side, Latera. Grab the grab the railing. We can do this. <laughs> grab the Dick Sporting good ad. <laughs> oh God, it's gonna be. It's it, we're laughing, but it's not gonna be funny because no. it's it's gonna suck. It's gonna and suck. Neither, and neither is a reference to death by bees. Bee allergies are very serious. <laughs> Put his glasses uh, on. <laughs> Speaking of bees, uh, Lyria is going to be in the AHL. Uh, Dale Weiss, I guess, is going to be a 13th forward. Corbin Knight is injured. He's out three. We'll throw that in there. Uh, future Corbin flyer Knight. Corbin Knight. Yeah, future flyer, unfortunately. Out three weeks with uh, Quest. <laughs> I can Kate. hear you grinding your teeth as you say that. I like how I went out on a limb and I was like, I don't need to care about Corbin Knight, right? Like, he's not making the fucking team. Nobody cares. I said that in public and it was recorded. And then the fire. Like, Dave Hextall listened to that and said, <laughs> and he fought with Ron Hextall. Said, "I got to have this guy on my team. He listens to orders. He, I, yeah. he's gritty." I should have known that Dave Hextall would have looked at him and been like, "You know what? He's just vanilla enough with no dynamic capabilities that I'm gonna put this guy on my bottom six. Hey, by Ron, golly, if he's not gonna play ten nights minutes a night for me, Ron, you know who I miss." Chris Vandevelde. Let's find another one of him. <laughs> and bingo. But uh, Corbin Knight out three weeks with the class case of the UBI. Uh, so he will be with the Flyers as their 13th, 14th forward. I don't know. Also, rounding up the news real quick, uh, Pascal LaBerge has uh, hit, had hip surgery. is out indefinitely. Um, kid can't catch a break, as we talked about many times uh, before on the show. But he once he's healthy, he'll return to the Phantoms. Hopefully, soon they get some kind of footing there. But the the NHL roster, pretty much the names we were expecting. Dale Weiss is on the team, not Lear. Lotera is still on the team somehow. Uh, have made it, centering the third line. Uh, new numbers: Oscar Lindblom, twenty-three; Mikhail Vorobiev, twenty-four; JVR, twenty-five. We already knew that, I guess. Calvin Picard, thirty-three; Corbin Knight, thirty-eight; uh, Pascal Labourge. Uh, 75 at the moment, but he's not going to be utilizing that. So Sometimes the... I wish they'd stick with the, the weird numbers they have in preseason because, yeah, me too. I don't know, you see too many of the same guys with the same numbers over and over. I, I want to see some more unique, odd numbers out there. Oh, well, uh, Limblom, when he was in the SHL, was 96. So I was kind of hoping he'd be rocking that because 96 is goofy and fun. I guess we'll go with 23, though. Um, I mean, 96 is pretty much the opposite of nice. Yeah, it's bizarre nice. Yeah. Um, the defense. See, let's, uh, let's dabble with this defense <laughs> a little bit. Because as I, as we've said throughout the summer, uh, and I think I already said that Ghost Pro Rolf is going to be a pretty insane first pairing. Uh, probably one of the more underrated pairings in the league. Legit chance they could put up 40 goals. I mean, they're both awesome. They work yeah. well together. Uh, Ghost has, I think, underrated defensive skill. And Perfect his, his offense is outstanding. Yeah, yeah. Ghost has, yeah, Ghost is obviously a powerhouse in the offensive end of the ice. Uh, Provorov, I mean, almost has got a goals hell of a shot. Year. How yeah. many goals did he score last year? 17, I believe. And looked pretty good in uh, preseason. Had that nice give and go play with uh, JVR against the Rangers in a loss, because I think they lost every game, except for the Bruins one. 
or I think they beat the Islanders too, but it doesn't matter. Uh, but beyond that, I chalked up Sandheim and McDonald as being a, a decent pairing. And uh, you're not going to believe this, Steve, but McDonald's kind of like doo-doo this preseason. And uh, which would open the door for Robert Hag or Radko Gudis to step up and possibly play with Sandheim. Sandheim Gudis being the 3-6 pairing. As we had three six mafia, as we've talked about before, but neither of them really stepped up either. And then new guy Christian Foline decided to uh, not break the trend with anybody and just uh, kind of sucked as well. So there are four guys that are looking pretty bad going into the season. Craig, there's one word to sum all of this up, and that word is Ouch. wow. 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 Yeah, I'm not surprised to hear this, unfortunately. I wish I was surprised. I really do, but I'm not surprised. I didn't think Andrew McDonald be... continues yeah. to be the worst, and I can't believe he magically recovered and came back early from that injury. That is just I, yeah. I'm it's glad so frustrating. He, I'm glad he rushed back to make sure he hit his turnover mark of like 200 on the season. I guess that's what he was doing. I don't know why he came back early. Like he got all the money in the world. I think this guy a hundred percent. And this could just be me being a Philly fan here, you know, first time, long time. But I think Andrew McDonald saw the writing on the wall. I think he saw any chance for him to maybe be out of the lineup again. And he said, "Mm -mm, mm -mm, I'm getting back there. I feel like, but I think, I, I I still believe deep down that it didn't matter what Phil Myers did. Phil well, Myers may have made the team. He may have made the team, but I don't think he would have. Like I, I think, think once it, McDonald was healthy, he was going to get back in the lineup one way or another. Like somebody well, was going to get it, taken it, out. For yeah, McDonald. but it, it, the one thing I have to say is, Hack. The one thing Hack does is he tends to ride the hot hand. And if they gotten onto some sort of a streak with McDonald out, it might have been a little tougher for him to break back into the lineup. You see, the hot hand theory is true. I feel like some guys are still excluded from that hot hand theory. Like, I I don't know. Man. Like, I, I feel like they could have been 9-0-1 with McDonald out. And they'd still be like, let's see how we can bump Hag out of the lineup for McDonald. I mean, or like they it's were... literally, it's literally the only theory I have because yeah. there's no reason for a Why guy to rush, rush back <laughs> this early in the season before yeah. the season even starts. Take a few weeks off, get healthy. It's October. Yeah. No, exactly. That's the thing because, I mean, we don't, I mean, we don't want McDonald playing healthy, and we certainly don't want. Uh, and McDonald carrying nagging injuries throughout the season. No, McDonald on his best him. day is still one of the worst hockey players in the league. I don't want yeah. that, but uh, it, you still want a guy to come in healthy, take your time, get healthy, come back right. And when a guy rushes back and a guy who's already lousy plays even lousier, it, what's the point? <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Uh, but like, so. I guess I was a little more optimistic than most. I thought Sanheim could just carry McDonald throughout the season and then the third pairing. Even being optimistic, I still had expectations that the third pairing was going to be a mess, especially if they went in with Hag and Gudis. And I don't even think they're going to try that 
that pairing out. I mean, it seems like they're going to mix and match. I think it's McDonald with Hag, and like that's not really going to fly either. Like any way you order those that bottom six, the third pairing is still going to be trouble. And we've seen the, McDonald with Hag, and it's bad. It's bad. No, it's not cool. Uh, and we've not to be one of those guys, but they're, you know, sound like I'm on Twitter all the time. But Connor Carrick was just traded for a seventh seventh round pick, conditional seventh round pick. Right-handed shot, 24-year-old, good mobile puck-moving defenseman. 12 points in 47 games last year. He's got good possession numbers. The 1.3 million cap hit. Like He was there to be traded for and would have easily solved the issue of not having somebody that moves the puck on the bottom pairing. Because, I mean, Gudis obviously had a rough half of the uh, second half of the season last year, and I think the fan base is kind of split on whether or not he is really good, but he does have good underlying numbers. Uh, I think if you paired him with Sanheim, I think that that pairing would ultimately, I guess, turn out to be serviceable. And then if you put Carrick with Hag and McDonald, that could probably lessen the blow of one of those two guys being in your lineup every night. But the idea of Hag and Goose together is just, it, it's, it's just going to be rough. Yeah. It, and it, it, it leads to the, the, the mentality, like if you go into the season with that as your third pairing and you, and you know they're not going to be playing that much, then that opens up the opportunity for the top two pairs, Ghost and Proveroff, fine, but also Sanheim and McDonald's to play a, a large part of the game, like over 20 minutes a night for each pair. And fine with that for the top pairing, but I don't want to see more ice time than I need to for McDonald, even if Sanheim is covering up most of his most of his mistakes but the thing with mcdonald last year was it's still bad but it wasn't he didn't have the for the majority of the season he didn't have his glaring turnover to the opponent in our own slot horrendous penalties flopping all over the ice as much as usual still did it but it wasn't peak mcdonald and for a while there he did seem to be fine with sandheim that's already come back this preseason for McDonald. I mean, that one series he had against the Rangers was obnoxious. Like, he fell over, turned the puck over, flopped around the ice, and missed, like, a, a cross-ice pass to break up, and they got scored on. Like, it Lee, was... that's what you call a Mac trick. That's a, yeah, it's a Mac trick. And then later in that period, he airmailed a clear uh, for a delay game penalty. So he, he's, already, he's already clicking on all cylinders, and that's not a good sign. And I... I, I the defense went from being all right to me to being a, a real, I guess, a real big concern, especially when you consider that it's going to be Elliot and Cal McCarr behind him now. And Elliot, I think Elliot looked better in the, the Bruins game, but still not ex- giving me extreme amount of confidence, I guess. But we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see. Steve, how do you feel about the, uh, the defense here? Any, any uh... thoughts? I mean, what else is there to be said at this point? Other than it's not pretty. It's not pretty. And what I wanted to say earlier is that we mentioned this last week, but I feel like there is a large disparity about how the fan base views Robert Hag and how the organization views Robert Hag. Where I think the organization sees Robert Hag as a straight-up, shut-down, quality defenseman, and the fan base sees him much more as borderline at best. Yeah, 
I mean, I already view him. I know he's young, and we invested many years to him uh, grooming his game in the AHL, but I kind of already view him as, at best, a uh, sixth defenseman. Like, ideally for me, he's the seventh guy, uh, especially when Myers comes up and maybe Freeman and some of these other guys in the next couple of years. Uh, and, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's why we were talking about the bringing in a guy on a PTO to give him playing time, but that's probably why it didn't happen because they think they think they can still get more out of Hag, but I don't know where they're seeing it. But at the same time, I don't know how they see – I don't think the Flyers really know how to they, – they don't seemingly value defensemen correctly. Like, just for some reason, they just can't. You know, there was kind of pushback from Gosh Fierce play when he was younger. Provorov is like the only guy in the lineup that has been accurately assessed on a skill set, I guess. And, I mean, it's kind of hard to deny Provorov's skill set. So that's not really a good sign. But, like, Ghost, Hextall wanted Ghost to kind of, you know, pull it in a little bit and not focus as much offensively and focus more on his defense. And, well, it's a little more of an old school conservative view of how to play right. defense. Yeah, and I think I think now when you look at the league, though, you can't. I think it's hard to want that out of your players because I, I don't know how many guys actually play defense. Who anymore. are the successful defensemen in the league? Eric Carlson, Brent Burns, yeah, uh, PK Subban. They all make defensive plays, but no, there's not any true shutdown guys anymore. I think the only guy I can really, I feel like Victor Hemmings that type of guy, but like even still, he's still a puck moving guy that puts up offensive numbers uh like all defensemen now have to be mobile they all have to be able to start a rush they all need to have two-way capabilities i mean they had to put up points if they want to be considered a, a pretty good defenseman now like the only it used to be like jomerson vlasic a couple other guys anton strollman could be guys that kind of tilted the ice the right way and didn't put up a ton of points but those number those guys are becoming even more rare now well it says everybody's dad has lamented about the game at some point in the yeah. last 10 years <laughs> why don't they hit anymore where's the hitting that kind of, of stuff and that's that's how it is on defense it's it's not a hitting game anymore it's not about kicking the crap out of the guy and clearing the crease i mean there's certainly aspects to that you definitely want to keep a guy out of the crease yeah. you don't want a guy to screen your goalie but you it's much more about keeping the puck out of your zone moving yeah. the puck away and being quick it's it's a fast game now and yeah. it, this is what drives people nuts i think this is the root of where a lot of the people's frustrations with the flyers however overblown i think they might be in some uh situations but a lot a lot of the, that frustration comes from the fact that uh the flyers even though they've made strides in adapting to the modern game they're still not there and they still seem reluctant to truly get there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think you're right though. It's just, uh, you look at a team like the penguins who still don't have a good defenseman. Like it's the tag and Dumoulin, but after that, it's all whatever, but they've made, they've won some cups and they made some runs because Sullivan's system is just pretty much get the puck out of the zone as quick as possible. And it works. And they have speedy fours that can just, go across multiple zones and, you know, they create stretch passes for the defensemen and it's a whole thing. And the more, I mean, the more they focus on having guys like Hag, the, I guess more 
Amir were going to be in this problem of having guys like McDonald and Hag, and I guess Foley is one of those guys now, and even Gudis, even though I, I will defend Gudis a little bit more than the other ones. They're all guys that I, they're kind of not really molded for today's game, which uh, is not good when you're speaking about two-thirds of your defense, but help is on the way. It's just it's not here yet. I mean, uh, and you've got Sandheim, who is a puck mover. Who, yeah, they just don't he, seem to have any confidence in him, which is frustrating. Yeah, very frustrating. And he also will be able to help out whatever guy he's paired with. That cancels out one of those guys that is... I, I think, and Hexwell said in the past, I think there is something to having a mobile guy with a bigger guy, because that is what kind of works for the Kings. And I think if you look at a couple other rosters, that's... I think it's what the Stars are trying to do now and uh, the Kings as well. But it's the theory that can work, but ideally you just have six guys that are kind of move on their own and make plays by themselves. To, well, here's you know, the thing. You can have a bigger guy, but your bigger guy needs to be able to move the puck, which is yeah. why I think the prospect of Phil Myers is so, so exciting. Yeah. Because, exactly. Because Phil Myers is a bigger guy. He yeah. can keep guys out of the way of the net, he can, but he can also move the puck. He's also mobile. And I think that's also where a lot of the problem with Sam Moran comes in is that Sam Moran never quite had that edge with the puck. He was a big guy, can move people out of the way, but can't really move the puck that well. Yeah, and another guy that they just signed, uh, Igor Zamula is that type of player. That is a big guy that is kind of more focused on uh, getting the puck out of his zone and being quicker than he is being physical, but he is a big ass dude. Uh, so hopefully, I mean, we'll see if all these kind of, I, I think the McDonald contract is going to play out. I think they're giving Hag, I think Hag's on a two year prove it or lose it contract. That's what he just yeah. And I, I, so I was going to say with the Flyers, and I'm, I'm talking again about the frustration that a segment of the fan base certainly feels. I would even say a nice chunk of the fan base, but a lot of it seems to stem from this almost two steps forward, one step back. The Flyers can't truly take significant strides forward because there does always seem to be something anchored in the past, yeah. in this past mentality that is holding them back from being uh, truly a great team in the NHL again. Yeah. I do. I, to, not really uh, to go off track a little bit. I did enjoy today how I love Bill, Melt Bill Meltzer and he's a great writer. And now that he's with the team, he has to kind of, it's kind of hard to be hired by the team and then write articles like, Hey, this PK still sucks, huh? And so he has to kind of, you know, Hey, way to keep Lappy around because nothing's changed. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of hard to write those really in-depth like inquisitive like articles anymore when the team is paying you to kind of fluff up their stuff but i thought it was kind of funny that two hours before they claimed picard Meltzer put in an article that's like goaltending and special teams are reasons why team is encouraged for the upcoming upcoming season it's like what goaltending like goaltending and penalty killing that's those are the two areas of the team that are getting you pumped about this season because I'll, I'll i'll give you my opinion uh it is not because it's going to be a real bad time. But I just, that that was all. That's all I had. That was my thing. 
<laughs> just uh, writing about goaltending, and then they obviously wanted to address it with Picard. So, yeah, Picard obviously is not a long-term solution, and no, I, cl- I, clearly their plan is for Elliot Neuverth again. Which you want to talk frustration? You those think two are the epitome of that? Yeah. You think there's any chance they William Norworth and says to Lars? No. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. Uh, I think they they love Neuverth's upside. I think that insane. he's he's a guy who, when he's healthy and locked in, he's amazing. But that's really increasingly rare. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, the last time we saw it, if I'm not mistaken, was game five of... Uh, the 2016 series against the Capitals. So it's been a minute. Been a while. Uh, it's been a while. Like, I don't remember. I mean, did he have a really, I mean, I'm sure he had a couple strong games in 2017-18, maybe. I don't know. 2016-17? No. But when he was healthy this year, he was fine. I just can't think of any game he really. I feel like each game he played really well, and the Flyers couldn't give him any goal support because if i remember correctly that sounds like the flyers yeah if i remember correctly he played against the kings twice i know the one game the second game against the kings in philly they lost one nothing in overtime although although that may have been two years ago too yeah i think i'm thinking of 26 and 17 so uh, yeah norberth hasn't been good in a while in my opinion i am out I know it's a, in your a humble strong opinion, stance. Yeah, my strong stance to take right now. But <laughs> your strong stance that his poor <laughs> save percentage is actually indicative of. I don't his care play. who I piss off with this crazy edgy statement, but I don't think Michael Norbert's been good. There, I said it. <laughs> I'm glad you're. You've got like a southern twang for that too. <laughs> a hockey strong hockey takes yeah, are, are well hockey known in the south. Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, you know. Really I, have heard, I have heard that hockey shouldn't happen below, you know, certain state lines in in the U.S. Though Mason so. Dixon line, yeah, 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 where the apparently the Stanley Cup currently resides. Yeah, yeah. So, well, <laughs> you know, yeah, is so, that uh, nationally... Michael Neuverth? Uh, yeah. Michael Neuverth posted. Wow, did he really post a nine fifteen save percentage last year? I he I'm telling you it wasn't that bad last year. It's just he was hurt all the time, like a lot of the time. Right, Michael Neuvert stuff. Yeah, like his biggest asset was getting hurt. That was his most impressive skill last year. So if he can, uh, if he could not do that, that would be kind of cool. And that again leads to the conundrum of if you'd like to move on from Neuvert, it's really hard to deal him because if you're looking for insurance in case a goaltender gets hurt. Uh, Neuwirth probably isn't your first solution because he's <laughs> probably hurt at the time we're looking to trade for him. So my computer's always breaking on me, so I'd really like a reliable backup computer. Well, this one's got the cover <laughs> basically on one hinge, and uh, the screen shattered several <laughs> times over, but it's good as new. You want to give us a second round pick for it? <laughs> this computer only uses Internet Explorer, and it takes 20 minutes to load before you can start looking for anything. Are you interested? <laughs> this computer is Windows 95. <laughs> Can't go on the internet without an AOL disk. And... <laughs> AOL disk. Fifth round pick? 
<laughs> oh man. Do you think anybody is out there that still has hours left on their AOL discs? And they're just that you think that's still a thing? That can't be a thing, can it? It can't be. But I know there's people that have you know, they they have some old junk and they definitely have an AOL disc or two lying around. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think anybody's used them, but I, I'm saying this as someone who's had broadband internet for quite a few years. Yeah, so you're underestimating, underestimating the uh, a good segment of America. I feel like somewhere <laughs> in one of the flyover states. Yeah, I think there's some county in Oklahoma that hasn't been has not been introduced to Wi-Fi yet. I, this I is would why think. Donald Trump won, because I'm assuming everybody's got Wi-Fi and that's not the case. <laughs> You know, very few people know, almost no one knows that most of the Rust Belt does not have Wi-Fi. It's a huge problem in this country. Huge. The biggest problem. You know it. I know it. We all know it. All right. uh... Wait, real quick, real quick. Since I I already brought up the president. Uh, So uh, Donald Trump was in Philadelphia today. And did you see the gritty related protest signs? Oh, God. The uh, what was it? Philly or this town only has room for one orange asshole. Okay. (laughs) No. And gritty say GTFO of Philly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, that was the one I saw. I did not see the uh... it, it, it just gritty sensation, absolute sensation. And the fact that Gritty is on protest signs, he was on Jimmy Fallon. He was talked about on John Oliver. He was... Oh, was he really? I didn't see that one. Oh, yeah. And it had like a like a Photoshop of like Gritty decapitating the Penguins mascot, which honestly will probably end up on a T-shirt at the Farg this year. The thing is, what ultimately is frustrating is that this team does have some exciting aspects to it. James and Reemstein coming back is exciting. Nolan Patrick's continued development is exciting. Uh, Voracek and Giroux continuing their excellence, very exciting. Seeing what Wayne Simmons can do in a contract year, seeing if Sean Couture can bounce back, seeing what Mikhail Vorobiev can do. This is all really exciting stuff, and the Flyers have the best top nine I can remember them having in a few years, which is yeah, that's incredible. A, that's the thing, is the forwards are going to be exciting to watch. And even the top pairing, it's just, I guess, the, it's the other part. It's the other, I guess, seven skaters and They've the got goal three. I, actually, here's the thing. If you look at the Flyers roster, okay, you look at the forwards. Top nine, rock solid. I even like two of the three people projected for the fourth line right now. I like yeah, Michael yeah, Raffle. Sure, sure, I like yeah. Scott Lawton. Uh, and three of the six defensemen, I really like. Two, I don't particularly like, McDonald and uh, Hag. And Gudis, I have mixed feelings on, frankly. I don't think Gudis is nearly as bad as he looked in the playoffs last year. Yeah, I don't and think so. I, I think he's got some talent, and we're... I hate to be the guy who keeps throwing cold water on things, but I don't know if it's as outrageous as it all seems at the moment. It's it could be better. Don't get me wrong. And it should be better. And that's what's frustrating. But it's not this atrocity. OK, it, it is not a crime before man 
uh, the makeup of this roster <laughs> before God himself. It, it, it's, it's just frustrating because it's a take two steps forward, one step back kind of approach. And people want the Flyers to go full throttle. They want them to just balls to the wall, kick some ass, be the best team in the league. And to see them with cap room at last, to see them not taking shots at guys that we all think would make the team better, that frustrates people. I get that. I just, I don't know. I don't think this is the worst thing in the world. I'm still excited about this team. I think there's a lot of good stuff to be excited for. I think it's going to be a fun season. It might not be fun in the, like, Yager's here, Scott Hartnell's insane, uh, that respect. But I think there's a lot of exciting, fun things uh, to this team. Yeah, I can get behind that. I mean, we are... The mentality of this is going to be a painful season to this is going to be a fun team to watch and they could make noise in the playoffs hinges on the success of one pairing and pretty much Brian Elliott. Like if Brian Elliott comes out and he's at least league average and he ends up having a 916, 917 uh, save season and Sanheim and pick a defenseman end up being a pretty good second pairing. Uh, I think this team would, is going to be a lot of fun to watch. If, if those two situations go south, it could be pretty painful. But yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. I, I think it is of the it, it's Philly, Flyers Twitter uh, thing to just kind of uh, freak out about everything, which is fine. It's never, I mean, that's, it's a Twitter thing overall. Well, it's general. a Twitter thing overall yeah. because never in the history of sports has there been such a magnifying glass on yeah. sports teams. Because there's a couple things here. We, we're we learning more. We have more attention to be paid to every little move. And when you're bored at work and work sucks, following Flyers news, following every little bit of news about the Flyers is much more appealing. And the ability to rage on that is it's easily accessible. There's it, it is so easy to get this news anymore and to obsess over every little piece. And that's certainly one respect, but we also know a lot more than we've ever known before. And that knowledge is easily accessible. Uh, the fact that we have the advanced stats we have yeah. and people are able to analyze the game in the respect that they do now is unbelievable. It's, you know, some people complain it's ruining the game, blah, blah, blah. I think it's really interesting. We live in very interesting times where the game is changing and we can see exactly where it's changing, why it's changing, how it's changing. And that's fascinating. I agree. I think that was very well put. I really don't have anything to add to that. I think the, the idea that stats are ruining the game, obviously, uh, you know, I don't agree with that. I think you could argue that it's helping the game become more, I don't want to say it, you're, you're putting better players in situations where they're more likely to succeed. And if every team starts adapting uh, their game plan based on those stats, then uh, more teams are going to kind of click more on offense and look for ways to eliminate defensive chances. And I feel like you're going to get a quicker, better game. If teams kind of focus on that 
that game plan. But but yeah, that's uh that's what you're looking forward to with the Flyers this season. So <laughs> let, let's <laughs> you really ended on a downer. Now. That's what you got. <laughs> so let's talk expectations for the season, okay? Let's early prediction. What what are the team awards? Let's talk about who oh, your early predictions for the team awards are. Uh, rookie of the year for OBF. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> how really many good. options are there? But uh, Vesna, Brian Elliott. <laughs> uh, no, I meant the Flyers. The team Lady awards. Bang would. I'm talking about the just for the Flyers. Uh, the Lady Bang. <laughs> you Vesna for the Flyers. <laughs> um, no, I uh, point leader, points leader. I would say. I mean, I'm expecting it to be Drew again. Yeah, same. I think I not 102 points. I think somewhere not 102 points, but I'm still expecting over a point per game. Like I think he might be pushing 90. I just don't think he's going to shoot the lights out again. Uh, but a full season of Katori uh, and Connect me, you, you, you never know. But he did shoot a at a pretty high percent last year. I just think going to come down a little bit okay and uh, i think he's gonna be up there bobby clark trophy most valuable player who do you see that ending up as i mean drew i'm thinking drew also yeah i i could understand an argument i mean maybe one of ghost or Provroth. probably more Provroth would fall into that mold but yeah i'm thinking it's true i mean I, the way i look at that award is if one of if someone on your team gets hurt, which like how which player getting hurt screws over the team the most, and I think if Drew goes down, the Flyers are uh, the they're Flyers not entirely as a result. They, yeah, they kind of the deeper team than most other teams in recent history for them. But yeah, I still don't think it'd be a pretty situation. Okay, Barry Ashby Trophy, outstanding defenseman. I mean, it's got to be pro for your ghost, obviously. Yeah, and I think this year, I think it's, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, Goss is very, Provorov scored a lot of goals, and we all know about his you know, kind of dominating game defensively. And we're the hoping. The nerds don't like him. Nerds <laughs> don't like him. <laughs> yeah, the nerds don't like him, which is because he doesn't really have that amazing, uh, his numbers aren't that great, but he's still, I don't know. When you watch him play, he definitely takes over a game. And I that eye that, test, am I right? <laughs> well, his numbers with Ghost, though, are pretty good. I think it's just once he gets away from Ghost, they maybe aren't as pretty, but still put up still put up a ton of goals. Uh, and I, I think Go- Ghost had some uh, Norris votes last year. I think he... I don't know, man. Ghost has looked pretty damn good this preseason. I, I could see Ghost getting... Like, Ghost getting 20 goals, I don't think is as obnoxious, I guess as it would have been. I mean, it, it's kind of crazy for a goal uh, defenseman to get 20 goals, but I, I think Ghost could do it this year. Uh, I, I guess I'll give him... I'll, I'll give it to Ghost this year. Okay. Yeah, I, all right. So your your early prediction, Ghost, uh, I'm just going to, I guess, play devil's advocate, but very, very slight devil, a tiny devil, if you will. Yeah, there's two uh, choices. And there. go Provorov. There's two choices. <laughs> it's going to be McDonald, am I right? It's 100 We're soon to be going to aim I mean, it does come down to the beat writer's vote, so it's God gonna knows it might be Mac Trying <laughs> might be, to secure a might new be contract. 
God, can right. you imagine a McDonald's extension? I that actually would Thank be the you. one thing that would maybe just destroy my soul. Yeah, I I think I would call for Hextall's firing. That, that, that would be the one thing. Like I'm I'm a Hextall believer, but I'm that Hextall, would be yeah. too much. I'm all for the patience. I'm all for the wacky decisions with when the kids simmer down in the AHL for too long, uh, all this stuff. But uh, you give me in more years of <laughs> McDonald's season, I need. One season of Carter Hart in the AHL. It's just going to be. Uh, it's too long. It's too long. <laughs> he cannot develop. No. Uh, what are the. I don't remember what the other ones are right There's now. There's the Pell Lindbergh Memorial Trophy for most improved player. That's. I, we're all predicting at the end of the season that's going to Wayne Simmons, right? Because Wayne Simmons had oh, a rough yeah. year, and I think a lot of people are buzzing about Wayne Simmons and the possibility of him having a strong comeback year and a strong contract year. I think, well, if you're talking about just from last year to this year, yeah, Simmons, but we know that Simmons, what type of Simmons player Simmons can be. I think overall it would have to be Patrick. Or maybe Limbo. Patrick's a good one. Yeah, like guys that we haven't seen that ceiling out of them yet. Like, do you know what I mean? Like Simmons, we, I mean, he's had 30 goal season. So if he has another 30 goal season this year, it's not really a, didn't really, I guess, most improved. He's just kind of re- returning back to the norm after a down year last year. But like Patrick getting 55 points would be a breakthrough. Limblom getting. I don't know, like 15, 20 goals would be a breakthrough. One of the what those types of things I think would be more what I consider the uh, Robert Hag getting some Norris Trophy votes. Uh, I mean, I think it it goes Calvin both McCart ways. Getting Vesna uh, Trophy votes, things of that nature. <laughs> I think that award tends to go both ways, where it can be a guy either improving in his natural progression throughout his career, or it can go to a guy who had a down year, bouncing back from that down year, but. I, I could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, the the other ones are, are kind of tough to call because it's the Yannick Dupree Class Guy Memorial Award. Like Yuri Letera. Uh, uh, yeah, Yuri Letera, obviously. Uh, All right, next one. <laughs> and the Gene Hart Memorial I Award. I wonder how many people Again, no way to tell. That you were, that was cocaine by Eric Clapton, yeah? I mean, I, I cannot confirm nor deny that, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, I wonder how many people would have picked that up. I knew what you're going for. I just wonder. Uh, I wonder if the kids know about Eric Clapton these days. You know they I mean? don't. They don't. The Jimi it, Hendrix. Uh, it's all about the. It, uh, it's all invested in there. Electronic snacks. music, and no, I can't keep up with that. Their face chats and their their tweet grams and everything. Oh, and their their chap snats. <laughs> Well, what other awards are there? There's a couple other ones, right? Uh, yeah, I read, I read them real quick because there's just no way to. Well, we're going to go through them. We're, we're going to go through. It was the Yannick Dupree Class Guy uh, Memorial Award and the Gene Hart Memorial Award. For most heart during the season? Most heart. Carter Hart. Carter Hart. I guess about that. He won't be with the team, but he's going to win it. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be unprecedented, but. It's also going to be your. It's going to be your Latera also. <laughs> It's got to really help the team out. We can't really explain why. But... <laughs> All right, Steve, you ready to, uh, you ready to talk ready. about the rest of the league? Ready to talk about this big-ass season preview we got locked and loaded? Whoa, 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 whoa. We're... Let's finish this season preview out. Oh, God. We... All right. 
keep talking oh about the flyers god. okay oh my god oh my god okay, just one more thing one more thing where do you see the flyers ending oh this season? yeah i guess we're gonna talk about that um I see them being the third seed again. I think they definitely make the playoffs. Um, I, I mean, I could see them squeaking in and being the bottom wild card, but I think they're closer to being the third team in the division again. I don't think they're going to pass, especially if the defense ends up being a one-pair defense. I don't see them passing the Penguins or the Caps. Uh, I think, uh, let's see, at least four. Of the, I think three of the other teams really aren't going to be competitive for that third spot. Uh, some of them might be in the running for the, the wild card spots, but I think the only other team that could come in third in my eyes right now is the is the Blue Jackets. And I mean, they very well could end up with a better regular season than the Flyers and finish third. But um, I I, I kind of want to see the Flyers finish in third. And then also, uh, I'd like to see them win a uh, playoff series. That's my wow, goal this imagine year. That. Imagine win that. Win playoff series. I know it's going to be hard because they're probably going to have to play like the Caps, the Penguins, the Leafs, or the Lightning. But I would like to see them win a playoff series this year. I'd uh, like to see that as well. And yeah. I, I think you nailed exactly what I'm thinking. This, the team's improved. I think the additions of JVR and Vorobiev, the subtraction of Filpula, those are all big deals. And they're clearing out some of the crap and every now and then moving some good stuff in. It's just taking a lot longer than a lot of people would like. Uh, That said, it's not quite enough to surpass where the Penguins are currently, barring a meltdown by the Penguins or some major injuries. Yeah. Uh, and the Capitals, you got to give respect to the champs yeah. until they show you otherwise. And uh, there's also the fact that the Capitals are, they're always a great team in the regular season. Yeah. They, I think they've won the last few division titles. Uh, the, the thing I will say about the Caps though, is they, the way they won last year, it's kind of hard to keep up that. I mean, they led the postseason in block shots, hits, and, uh, finished like third and expected goals four for 60. It's a lot of, uh, for lack of a better terms, grit and hard work to kind of dominate play and win games like that way. That's a hard to do throughout an 82 game season. And they also didn't do that, start doing that until the middle of their playoff series against the Blue Jackets. So if, if they end up playing like they did last year, where they were like bottom six or seven teams in terms of possession, hope he doesn't look like Holpe, and maybe there it doesn't look like there's as much scoring depth as uh as it should be. Maybe the Flyers finish second, but I would not. I'm not taking that bet. I think it's going to be the Panther Caps still. They also lost their coach though, and they did lose know, the Trotz, coach. Yeah. Trotz is one of the best coaches in the NHL. There's no denying that, and that, that I don't know if that's going to be a big loss, but there's always the possibility. I mean, bringing in a new coach is definitely a big deal. And you wonder how much, I mean, it is noted how much the Cavs party. And I wonder how much of a, uh, a it, cup it was noted, there is going to be. It was noted so much that they were asked to stop doing stop keg doing stands keg. with the Stanley Cup. Which, again, I mean, we're saying this like it's a bad thing. That is, I am proud of the Capitals for doing that. 
and I'm proud. I think OSHA came out that something if uh, if we're known as being the team that parted the most out of the cup, whatever we won the cup, and I think that's uh, some right mentality to have. You should have that mentality. If you're a hockey player, your entire life goal is to win a Stanley Cup, and they did that. So I think if I was them, I would drink myself to death as well. And uh, I wonder how much that's going to impact them now, and how motivated they're going to be to come out and get off to a blazing start. But we shall see. We shall see. How do you? Uh, let's go. I mean, do you want to do the? Uh, how do you want to start this? Do you want to start with the divisions we don't know, or do you want to? We're already kind of touching on the uh, the metro right now. Do you want to kind of finish it out? Yeah, I mean, we could finish out the metro. We don't yeah. have to do the entire league per se, but we'll do I a just quick to... uh, gloss over. I mean, quick gloss over. Okay. Yeah, it's not going to be. Uh, I mean, usually go more in depth on these things but i it's been a pretty busy week and we also had that fancy draft before this so i wasn't uh wasn't able to throw as much together as i wanted to another excuse with the fancy draft <laughs> but the division <laughs> looking at this division now i feel like uh this should be the division i had the most handle on uh i'm not expecting anything out of the islanders i'm not expecting anything out of the rangers uh the rangers could finish near a playoff spot because Lundqvist isn't done playing yet and their defense isn't exactly where defense should be if they're looking to go into a rebuild with uh, Kevin Shattenkirk on the blue line. But I don't expect them to be a playoff team. Uh, The Devils, I expect the Devils to regress. Um, And when I did the the preview, I was looking through. I was looking. I was really looking for strengths for the Devils to make an argument as to why they will remain a playoff team. But it's pretty much Taylor All had a ninety three point season and was the league MVP, and they were the last wild card. So if you expect them to get carried by Taylor Hall into the postseason again, then so be it. I I think the only (laughs) good luck with that, pal. Yeah, I think the only thing that you aren't like the only thing that could be a positive swing for them would be that Coy Schneider, who is already slayed the miss the season opener comes back and has a full recovery from hip surgery, which uh, as we've seen with the Flyers, isn't exactly uh, a guarantee at all. I mean, and, it's a uh, tough injury for yeah. a goaltender to go through uh, since they're so reliant on their hip movements. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Keith Kincaid had a decent season last year, but, Maybe he does better. I feel like there's a pretty good chance he does as well or even worse. And I don't know how much you want to turn the Appleby, uh, you know, after Kincaid or Schneider. But they had top 10 units for the penalty kill and power play. They had pretty bad possession numbers. They had two players break 50 points and four players have more than 35 points last season. So I – and they had – at best league average goaltending. I really don't know how they made the postseason. Like it literally was just Taylor Hall scored all the points and that was it. Uh, and they're going to need that to happen again this year. And I feel like teams are going to be more prepared to kind of shut that down this year. Uh, maybe teams focus him, on him more during the power play and that leaves opportunities for Will Butcher and uh, Kyle Palmieri. But five on five, I really feel like teams are going to feel like they can just shut down Taylor Hall and then it's going to be game. So we'll see we'll see what they can do with them. But I'm expecting them to regress. Uh, the Hurricanes, I mean, 
feel like every season the Hurricanes are a good pick to be the breakout team, but I'm not doing it this year. Like We're they got Dougie Hamilton. This year. It's gonna happen. They got Dougie Hamilton. They brought in Peter Morazic for insurance. I'm still not expecting them to do anything. I'm expecting them to do what they've done a you know, the last few seasons, finish like sixth or seventh. Pose really good possession numbers, but they can't score or make a save, which is kind of vital for infuriate some the of the NHL. playoff teams. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like whenever the Flyers play the Hurricanes, it's not uh, an easy game. It's usually no. the Flyers are spending most of the time in their D zone, and then they end up winning like three one or something dumb. But they'll uh, they'll be doing that all year long, and hopefully for their sake, it changes at some point in the near future. But uh, who knows? I mean, Rob Brindamore is there too, so it's a new you know new new scheme. Bill Peters seemed to have a route the bot baby. Uh, Bill Peters had. Uh, pretty good system in place see what uh Prindamore can do with that skill set because i mean they may even they might take a, a step back because they don't really have a lot of uh offensive uh forces on that on that roster so i mean i don't know where they're 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 Aaron Sveshnikov and uh Sebastian Ajo should have another pretty good season and they're and a couple other young guys but i don't know if it's gonna be anything spectacular uh and then that leaves the flyers of blue jackets i mean you, the Blue Jackets could finish third. The Flyers could finish third. I'm not really gonna make an argument for either one. I feel like they are pretty interchangeable. And that's uh, that'd yeah. Be it. No, I I feel about uh, the same. Riley Nash addition for the Blue Jackets is a big one. And uh, uh, Jones being out for a month to a month and a half is big. But I still feel like they are are gonna be a team that's gonna be in the playoffs. It's just a matter of whether or not they're third or top ball card i guess the one other thing is they have two giant players on their roster that are due to be free agents at the end of the season and you've actually seen their names bounce around a lot in trade articles already uh that would be Padarin and bobrovsky yeah yeah and i, I yeah i guess that's the big question with the blue jackets is uh i mean if they trade Panarin, then they obviously that's going to hurt their chances of being a playoff team. But I mean, things go south for them early on. They might deal Panarin and get the most amount they can for him. But uh, yeah, it, it, they're going to be in a weird position. Yeah, you're right. Because then, you know, do you believe they have enough to win and you hold on to Panarin Bobrovsky and then you just lose out on a free agency to them? Or do you try and deal them for assets in return before the trade deadline? I feel like most of the time teams hang on to those players and go through the postseason with them, but they're going to be that team this year that that is in a pretty weird situation where they're going to be a playoff team, but they should definitely trade their best players. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and I think run. if they... Because they can get a lot from Panarin. If they struggle, I think you're definitely going to see one of those two guys oh, absolutely. get dealt. But yeah. it depends a lot on if they struggle. And the the thing with the current NHL playoff setup is it takes a lot for you to get out of the race. Yeah. 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 That's another big issue. And that's, uh, I mean, Kikaline and Jarma Kikaline, the, the Blue Jackets GM, is, I think he handles those situations a little bit better than most GMs would and kind of being realist, realistic with uh, expectations for the roster. But it, it's kind of hard to, I mean, the, the, the Blues did it last year and, there was pushback from uh, Brian Chen. I mean, they traded Stasny and they were still in a playoff, the playoff hunt. I think they're still in the playoff spot when they traded him, but he was not 
happy about the move at all. And uh, it can definitely, if, you, if you're looking to be a playoff team and you trade one or two of your best players, it can definitely backfire on you. But it might be uh, might be better for uh, for them to do it. I mean, letting Panarin walk would be a huge blow. Can't get anything in return for it. Where do you think? Where do you think he ends up? Panarin. I mean, I keep hearing he wants to be on a coast. So uh, there's here New York. I guess New Jersey's an option. L.A. is an option. I, I feel like L.A. If they could make the cap work, they would be an would, interesting. Yeah, I mean, him going to L.A. would make L.A. a legit. I think a legit cup contender again. Yeah, but they have a they, lot. They a have a lot of cap concerns that they have to make work. Yeah. yeah, we've talked about that for like years now. But yeah, uh, not help that. Who wants to go to the Rangers? Don't go to the Rangers. That'd be stupid. Don't go to <laughs> yeah. the Devils. They're stupid. Uh, come to the Flyers. The Flyers wanted to trade for you. They almost did. So uh, just come to the Flyers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just come on in. Put Simmons on the fourth line. <laughs> come on in. Simmons on the fourth line. It's fine. Yeah, so nothing to worry about. Uh, what do you? How do you see the uh, matchup playing out? I think as we discussed, I, I I can see it probably being Caps, Penguins, Flyers, Blue Jackets, uh, either Hurricanes or Devils, Islanders, Rangers, or Rangers, Islanders, some sort of combination there. I feel like uh, my feeling with the Islanders is going to the last season too, everybody chalked the Devils up as the guaranteed eighth spot. If they were going to finish eighth in the Metro. And then they went out and grabbed a, a power, a playoff spot, power spot. Do you think there's any chance the Islanders are capable of doing that? So I, I like Strom a lot. I like Strom. I like uh, Barzal. I mean, Letty and Boychuk are. Oh, I, yeah, I, I meant Barzal too. Oh, okay. End of the night. Here we go. Here <laughs> we go. Well, they also but... have Everly. Like they, I think they have they have more pieces there. They have more pieces than the it... Devils. Yeah, they, they have more pieces there to make that seem like a more plausible outcome than if somebody were to tell me last year that the Devils are going to have a playoff team. So I would, I mean, I could, I don't know, man. They lost the virus and they brought in Filipula, which kills a lot of my <laughs> confidence in the Islanders being able to do that. But I, you know, it's just one of those things where I think everybody has already marked them up as being the eighth team in the division. And, Sometimes uh, teams use that as a little bit of a motivation, as we saw with the, the Golden Knights last year. Golden Knights. The Golden Knights. We'll talk about Nobody in believed in us because <laughs> technically they shouldn't have. Because <laughs> nobody should have. Uh, the Atlantic. Uh, how do you feel about the Atlantic? Because I got some opinions. Tampa Bay, Boston, Toronto, some sort of. I don't know if it's going to be Boston, Toronto, or Toronto, Boston. I don't know either. Uh, yeah. And then I don't really care about the rest, but it'll probably be Florida after. It's going to be it, one way or another. It's going to be the Lightning, Bruins, and Maple Leafs. It's going to be the Panthers fighting for one of the playoff wild card spots, and then the Canadians, Sabers, and the uh, God, who else? Detroit Red Wings. Oh my God, and the Senators. Yeah, and the Senators. So there's Those some crap in that division. And yeah, they're all they're not. They're not doing anything. There's no, I mean, maybe the Sabers are good. I the Sabers could be decent, could be. I don't yeah, think but the, the Senators are going to be real crap this year. Senators going to be pretty bad. I expect the Red Wings to be pretty bad. Um, 
The Sa- like the Sa- I'm not expecting the Sabres to make the playoffs. I think the Sabres could get out of... I think they make a stride. Yeah, I think they're out of the usual Sabres territory of being a top four or five pick. I think I mean, like they... Skinner's an intriguing piece for them. Yeah, Skinner's a big addition. Uh, Dalian's a big addition on the back end. Um, you know, maybe the goaltending is a little bit better this year. Who knows? They... I... I... I would hope that the Sabres are a little bit better this year because it's been it's been some rough some rough time up there in Buffalo. But I mean, there's not much else. It's just Dave and Buster's. There's not much else. Yeah, ambience <laughs> decor. Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty consensus, <laughs> pretty consensus division right there. Uh, how about the Central? Central, uh, I feel like it's going to be Preds and Jets. Those have to be. I think those are going to be the top two teams. Yeah, the Jets looked great last year. There's no reason they, <laughs> they shouldn't again this year. Yeah, Jets looked really, yeah. And, uh, I mean. Wild will probably be up there again. I see. I, I don't th- know how they do it, but they find a way. Yeah, I, I think, for me, I, I'm kind of intrigued what the third the third spot's going to be. The Blues made a lot of good moves. They're adding a couple of good young guys, too. Their center depth is pretty uh, yeah, impressive right O'Reilly, now. O'Reilly, Shen, Bozak down the middle. And then they bring in Jordan Kyrou, who I think had more points in the OHL than Morgan Frost last year. And I think the big question for them is uh, just the net. Uh, if Jake Allen, I, I think getting Chad Johnson was quietly a pretty good move because if Jake Allen decides to start Jake Allen, uh, they can just kind of turn to Chad Johnson, who isn't like a world beater, but he can be a pretty reliable, uh, reliable uh, stopgap back there. Uh, and then. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to blow the doors off, but he had pretty good numbers in Boston, and he was already in Buffalo. And but he's not somebody who's going to carry the team. But for the Blues, you don't really need a you just need a guy that's not going to blow games for you. And I mean, there were times over the last couple of seasons where Jake Allen was just blowing big games for them. So you just like if Jake Allen just sits in there and has average numbers, I think the Blues are fine. Um, the stars, I think, are kind of interesting to me as well because they they have a lot of offensive upside on on their forwards and their defensemen have a lot of offensive skills. Uh, and Ken Hitchcock, not really a coach that uh, taps into that market. And uh, Jim Montgomery from uh, University of Denver kind of is a coach that does that. And you're going to add Mira Heiskanen. Uh, Julius Hanka, I think, is going to be up for the full season now. They're adding Rupi Hintz as well from the farm system. I I think, I mean, you saw that top line of Ben Sagan and uh, Radulov. I don't know. I think the Stars could be a little bit better than people are expecting them to be. Uh, that defense is pretty, it's pretty good. I, and I think quietly good. They have Asa Lindell and John Klingberg are a pretty good top pairing. And, They've got uh, some good pieces back. Yeah, there. I know they added Roman Polak, but I think uh, I think Julius Hanka will be able to carry him around. I think there'll be a good young player carries around a vet, like uh, ideally what you'd want to see from Sandheim and McDonald. But I, I think, you know, and again for them, a lot depends on the health of Ben Bishop because if Ben Bishop's not in, then uh, who knows? Uh, and, and then yeah, the Minnesota Wild too, who have perfected the art of being bad in terms of shot attempt uh, differential, but dominate and expect the goals for. So pretty much they just don't let teams get to the slot, and then they live in the slot in the offensive zone. 
I I really don't know who's going to be the third. I want to I want to say the Blues, uh, and I feel like the the Stars will fight for a wild card spot. And then I think the Wild will. I think the I think this division is going to have five teams in the in the postseason. And then when you look at the Pacific, I think it's probably going to be Sharks. I don't know. Sharks, Flames, Kings. Like I think the Ducks might be on the outside looking in, but they are. The the, the Ducks are adding a lot of young players too. They're adding uh, Troy Terry, Sam Steele, and Isaac Lundestrom. They're all pretty high end offensive pieces, and they they need that, especially with the loss of Corey Perry. But nobody on that team really yeah. put up points last year besides uh, Ricard Raquel and John Gibson. A big year. They have a really deep defense, but their possession numbers weren't that great, and I think they relied a little bit too much on just kind of making sure the puck wasn't in their own net and kind of push and play in the other direction. I don't know. I don't know if these guys are going to kind of jumpstart the offense, but uh, they're going to need more than just for Carvacal and Andre Kasha going nuts. Uh, oh, sure. And the thing with the Ducks is most of their their big pieces that they've been known for over the past few years are, are aging. They're yeah. at they're pretty much on the downside of their careers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pacific though, I feel like it's the sharks to lose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you have two of the top five defensemen in the league. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I I think that's going to be the, I mean like their second pairing could be Carlson and Vlasic, which is going to be bonkers. And then you have Burns on the top pairing. Uh, Vander can't piece of shit, but he can score goals and he's there for a while now. And uh, they are Jumbo Joe's going to have 40 assists. It's going to have, yeah, he's going to have 75 points, 70 of them being assists. Uh, and they, they were a team last year that almost fought off, uh, the golden Knights, uh, crazy voodoo luck run, whatever the hell they had going on. I think they took them to three overtime games and won one of them. Uh, so they, and I mean, they ran over the ducks in the opening round. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see the golden Knights come back down the earth, which I'm kind of expecting see the sharks come out of the Pacific and it's the sharks against the Preds or the jets in the Western conference final. I think, so yeah. what do you think? Uh, wh- how are you feeling about the, the Vegas golden Knights here, Steve? What, what do you think is going to happen with them? So I wanted to say one quick thing in regards to the sharks is, uh, is we've seen Carlson dominate with no talent, around him so i'm really excited to see what he does with talent with talent yeah with actual talent around him yeah Yeah. it's gonna be and to not be the guy like he's he's gonna be the guy he can just be on the second amazing and i mean if they they're both on the second power play i mean if they're both on the same power play and joe pavelski's in front uh being in that front annoyance uh it's power play could be kind of hunting season yeah it's it's gonna be ridiculous but uh um golden knights Golden Knights. So it really feels like this is going to be a fallback to earth season for them. I, I could agree. be completely wrong. I kept saying they were going to drop off last year and yeah. that would be that. And we wouldn't hear from them for a few years, but I was wrong and they proved us all wrong and they kicked some ass last year. They were really impressive. I just, I don't get the impression that those guys are going to have the same motivations this year and they're going to play to the same level because these are guys that definitely played above their heads last year. Yeah, uh, William Carlson had 41 goals. Uh, so there's that. Uh, and I feel like uh, Flurry is not going to do what he did last year. How could he? And I, I mean, it was and, just yeah. unbelievable last year. 
And I don't think people realize just how I think people know that Flair was good and he was out for a while and they had to go down to their second, third, and fourth string goalies. But when he was in, it was uh it was pretty ridiculous. And yeah, like you were saying, I think I I don't usually like the bind of those narratives of the you know, we're a strong team and it's us against the world. But I think they really used that last year and it seemed to be effective where they were just uh, James Neal coined them as the misfits and they just kind of all collectively bought into that identity. And uh, that can fuel you if, you know, you're going up against your former team and they doubted you enough to put you out for an expansion team. And everybody else knows that feeling in the locker room. They kind of all go to bat for you. But I think now that, yeah, now that everybody's kind of aware of them and they're ready to take them on, I, I don't think they're going to get those. I think it's going to be a different mentality when uh, teams play the Golden Knights this year. And I don't think Flair is going to be as good as he was last year. I think a lot of the other guys are going to come back down to earth. I don't like their defense still. I like Kyle Miller. I like Nate Schmidt. I like Brandon McNabb. But I don't know if I like them being your big three guys on defense. Uh the top six, like the top six, I think is the interesting thing to me because they still have their top line of Marcheseau, uh, Smith, and Carlson, and then the 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 second line that was Halla, Perron, and James Neal. They switched out Perron and Neal, and they brought in uh, Max Pacioretty and Paul Stasny, or yeah, it was Stasny. And it's, uh, I mean, I think that second line got better. I, I just. The top six could still be pretty good. Uh, still expecting a drop off from that top line, and I don't know if the the bottom six is going to do as much as it did last year. I, I just think everybody's going to kind of come back down to earth, like you were saying, and I just don't know. I don't know how much it knocks them down. I don't know if it knocks them down to being third in the division. I don't know if it knocks them down to being a wildcard team. I don't know if it completely knocks them out of the postseason. I have a feeling it knocks them just outside the, the postseason picture. Yeah, I'm getting that impression, too. Yeah, because, I mean, it's not like the two teams we don't need to talk about in the Pacific, I think, are Vancouver is, they still have a pretty, a lot of high-end skill in the, the pipeline, but it's not in the NHL yet. I don't I don't think they're going to do much this season. I know a couple guys on Vancouver, but I'm still going to go ahead and say, who the hell is on the Vancouver Canucks? <laughs> if they, uh, you know, like Brock Besser's good, Bo Horvat's fine, uh, they still have Adler, right? Yeah. So I mean, they sure. They, yeah, they got some guys out there. Uh, they got a couple guys, but yeah. a couple guys does not make an entire hockey team. No, it doesn't turn your. It doesn't change your team. Unless around. you're Connor like McDavid. The, yeah. Well, even then, I still I'm not expecting anything out of their Weathers this year. I mean, they McDavid put up 107 points. They're gonna make the postseason, and then nope. they did nothing. They brought in nobody. They brought in Tobias Reader, who I like, but as a middle six guy, that is. Not going to do much besides kind of tilt the ice for you. And uh, that's uh, about it. Defense still relying on uh, Chris Russell. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the the one year they made the postseason, Cam Talbot was insane in terms of a high danger save percentage. I think the Oilers gave up, like, the most chances from the slot that year. And it was just Cam Talbot stopped them all. And, uh think they kind of need him to go off again if they want to be a postseason team again. And uh, I think, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the division to me is a little bit wide open, but it's also I'm not as familiar with the Pacific. So uh, I kind of like Calgary this year because I like what Peters did 
in Carolina. I just don't think he had a lot of skill to work with. And if he implements a pretty strong possession system with the Flames, with Johnny Gaudreau and Monahan and Backland and Froelich and guys like that, and, I mean, they have Giordano and uh, Hannafin on defense, I, I don't know. I think that could be a pretty good – I think the Flames could quietly be one of the better teams in the West this year, especially if Mike Smith is on his game too. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, so. I'm I'm feeling pretty good about yeah. the Flames, even though they traded uh, Dougie Hamilton away. Yeah, and I mean that's the thing is like definitely losing Dougie Hamilton is a blow, but they still have Giordano and Hamonic back, Hamonic uh, back there. I still don't even know how to say his name. Uh, and. Hannafin is a guy that they brought over from the Hurricanes that did pretty well with Peters. And uh, they were also brought over uh, Elias Lindholm, who isn't exactly something to write home about, but he was a pretty pretty good player with the Hurricanes. Um, and then, like, the Kings and the Ducks, I really I don't think I have a grasp on. Like, I feel like the Kings... Kopitar was in the MVP race because he had so many more points than anybody else on his team. But Carter was out most of the year. They're bringing in Kovalchuk. Foley still put up points. I feel like they could, and like quick, I think posted about 920 uh, save percentage last year. So I think like they could be, if they finish second in the division, I don't think I'd be shocked. But at the same time, they could miss the playoffs, and I also wouldn't be shocked. Like the Kings are just a weird. I never know really what to expect. Yeah, I I have no idea what to expect from them. And we'll see what happens. Yeah, so that's kind of... I expect the Sharks to win, and then Flames, Ducks, Kings are probably going to be the next three teams in that division for me. Poor Connor McDavid. Yeah, poor Connor McDavid, and also I feel like I'm being a little disrespectful to the Knights, but at the same time, uh, I don't know. I'm just not... I mean, (laughs) would Would you say you're sorry... Not sorry. I think I'll say I'm sorry. Not sorry, and I am. Oh, baby! President of the United Hate of America when it comes to uh, how well I think the Golden Knights will do this year. Oh my God, I hate uh, us. Yes. We got it yes. in. We squeaked it in there. Squeaked it in. I'm happy. Yeah, we got it just the top. So, <laughs> uh, postseason now. Who do you think? So, who do you think is going to come out of the West? What do you think the Western Conference Final is going to be? I mean, the the Sharks have to be the favorite right now, yeah. but I'm fully predicting them sharking it up somehow. Uh, also fair. I don't want this to happen, but I wonder if the Blues can pull their goaltending together. I think the Blues are an intriguing option. I think the Blues are quietly a pretty, pretty loaded team. Uh, and... It really, I think, does come down to the goaltending. I think this that's center depth. I mean, they're going to have Ryan O'Reilly and Tarasenko on the top line. And they still have uh, Petrangelo on the back end. Yeah, and Pareko. And I think their third pairing is slated to be uh, Jay Bomeister and somebody else. So, like, Joe, Jay Bomeister isn't exactly lighting the world on fire, but... Uh, well, he's also up. not AMAC. He's also not AMAC. I mean, he's also a guy that, like, on the third pairing, uh, really isn't the end of the world. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the Blues really isn't a terrible option. Uh, I think the Sharks are the the likely option. Uh, the Jets, I think, are a great yeah. option. I think it's going to be the Jets or the Preds. I would I love to see the Jets or the Preds in the the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, I would like to see the I like to see the Jets. I feel like they're a pretty. I don't know. I feel like they're a pretty loaded team. Uh, I wanted them to make it last year, and then I think they just got caught up in the. Uh, 
Golden Knights insanity. Yeah. Uh, and but I like I a lot think of if, I like Blake if it ends up line A. Yeah. yeah. It was, I was going to say if it ends up being like Jets Lightning in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, that sounds like a really entertaining Stanley Cup final yeah. right there. So, uh, so who do you think? So I'll, I'm going to say Sharks. I'll say Sharks, Jets in the West. What do you think it's going to be in the East? I mean, Lightning are the favorites again. They're yeah. they're they're so stacked. They're so stacked. It. I know they've choked and everything, but they're still the most talented team in the East. Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking the Lightning. I I don't. I think the, the Penguins right now are on a little bit of a decline. Uh, and this could just be me operating the hot take Matic 5,000, <laughs> but, and I, I don't know. I, I just don't have that much faith in the current capitals roster again. Hey, props to them for getting it done last year. So are but... you, are you picking the flyers to come out? Oh, yeah. Oh, out of the specific you division the flyers to come out of the Metro. I, I was not at all. You pick the flyers against the lightning. Steve says that's pretty crazy. Steve, you're crazy <laughs> for this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you got it right you heard it here first brian elliott is just gonna kill <laughs> brian elliott retires mid-year michael neuverth can never play hockey again so it's carter hard time that's the only way i can see that happening um what team in the metro though then it's probably it's i'm thinking maybe lightning caps I think it's gonna be. Uh, I think it's gonna be Lightning Pens. I think the Pens are. Uh, probably gonna be. I don't want to admit it's gonna be the Pens. Yeah, I think the uh, the Pens kind of you know smelling themselves a little bit to uh, borrow a phrase from Birds with Friends. I think they were uh, kind of thinking they were just gonna walk in and uh, the Caps were gonna wilt, uh, just kind of falter them to them again and just kind of freak out because they're in the postseason. Then the uh, Caps kind of smacked them in the mouth. And I think the uh, Pens are going to be like, well, we can't do that again. And I think they're going to be ready for the, the Caps in the postseason. I don't know why they wouldn't have another strong season and postseason. So I think it's going to be the Penguins coming out of the Metro. I'm just saying the Lightning again, mainly because the, the Leafs are going to be loaded offensively. And I like Frederick Anderson. Uh, the defense, I think I like the defense a little bit more than most people, but yeah, I think the defense could be the problem with that team. And the offensive firepower on that team, I think, can be matched by the Lightning. And even if they get to the Eastern Conference Finals, I think it can be matched by the Penguins. Uh, but I, I'll, I'll go with the Lightning because the Lightning like to Lightning like to lose late in the postseason so they'll probably get up like three to one on the penguins and then lose and then the penguins will be in the cup again because why not stop it <laughs> no no I, see i, I think refuse penguins, i think the penguins can make the eastern conference finals again but i don't think they're gonna i don't know i don't see them winning it all again i don't see them winning it all again i yeah. i don't see them getting back to the the stanley cup final i do think they can make it back to the eastern conference final namely due to the fact that division is made up of Teams like the Flyers and the yeah. Blue Jackets, who are yeah, good, like that's, yeah. There's a you know we looked at the tiers before, right? And the Flyers are firmly in that middle tier of teams that are like almost there, but not quite. And you got to give the Penguins credit for they've won cups recently, so yeah, they're in that upper tier. They are 
they have Sidney Crosby, they have Evgeny Malkin, they have Phil Kessel, all great players. I got a little vomit in the back of my throat, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. But oh god. We get, I just want to have the audio of you just throwing up on the mic when you talk about the Penguins, so we can just bring that back. <laughs> just, uh, no, I, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much what it comes down to. I think, so if the Flyers get a wild card, do you think they could take on the winner? Like, theoretically, I think the best situation for them would be they get a wild card spot, they take on the Bruins. I feel like that is the best option. I feel like this defense slash PK is not going to be able to handle the Maple Leafs or the Lightning. Uh, I feel like they are still not going to be able to compete with the Penguins or really even the Caps, I guess, in the postseason. Uh, I think at that point you're hoping you're hoping to play the Bruins in the first round or are you hoping that injuries have uh, halted the Pens or Caps enough that one of them drops to be in the top wild card and then you take on the Blue Jackets in the first round. As I would a two love three to take on the Blue Jackets in the first yeah, round. I, I, would I wouldn't too. mind the Caps either, though. I think they... I said that last year, too, though, but at the same time, I don't know. Like I I don't know. I, I think they have a better chance of taking the Caps than yeah. the, I... the way the Penguins or Lightning are made up. I think... I don't know how the Leafs are going to look this year. Okay, yeah. I don't think any of us know yet, but... I mean, I think based off past experiences that the Flyers might be able to handle the Leafs to a, a certain degree better than they can handle the Penguins. But for some reason, the way the Flyers are made up currently and the way the Penguins are made up currently, the, the Flyers can't take the Penguins in their current form. That's one area, and maybe that's where most of the fan frustration comes from because uh, who doesn't hate the Penguins if you're a Flyers fan? So. Yeah. Losing to the Penguins like they do is just god awful. Yeah, it's just infuriating. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I was gonna say the thing about the Caps too is I, you know, they, they, I guess they caught lightning in the bottle last season. I mean, but every team I that kind of needs that. lightning in a bottle. <laughs> they call it catching lightning in a bottle, but I. They just kind of like changed their mentality. Like the the team they were in the the, the regular season, it wasn't a thing where they were just kind of getting unlucky and then their luck like leveled out and they just started mopping up on teams. It was like they went from being a team that just hemorrhaged high scoring chances against, and then in the playoffs, just like, hey, you guys, want to like start playing defense now? And everybody's like, yeah, let's do that. And then they just took down, like they just took away offensive opportunities. Hit and blocked everything they saw. Started on man rushes the other way, and Holpe made every save he had to make. So I, I, I feel like that's not the usual run for a team. Like I feel like when the the Penguins turned around in 2015-16, it wasn't the same type of feeling. They just went from being fired their coach, and then the new system came in, and then became a possession juggernaut that just couldn't be stopped. Uh, but. I don't know if I'm expecting the same thing on the Caps this year, but they did win the Cup, and they don't have that playoff voodoo working against them now this season, which I I don't know if that's going to be, you know. I mean, Ovechkin and Backstrom without pressure now, does that open up the the door to them just pulling off crazy things in the postseason now? Like, are they a team that just doesn't feel any pressure and they start rolling through teams? 
because nobody can stop Ovechkin at even straight up on the power play. I think that's, I don't know. I think that's one of the more interesting things going into the season as well. We get towards the postseason, but we shall see. Steven. Yes, that we shall, Craig. That we shall. I think we're running out a little yes, bit of gas yeah. here. Well, so speaking of the cap, uh, let's get to around the league. We'll talk about it, the. Uh, boom, nailed it. Yeah. Caps, Tom Wilson hit uh, yet again late, unwarranted, uh, laid out Oscar Slunk Fist of the uh, Blues. Doesn't sound like Tom Wilson at all. No, no, he's, yeah, I'm surprised he wasn't uh, reading the Bible or uh, feeding the homeless people around Washington, D.C. But yeah, he's got a in person hearing. Uh, that will happen today while you're listening to this uh, episode. So he will get, I believe, the minimum is six games. And he will not be in the lineup for at least six games. I'm thinking double digits because it's fourth suspension since the start of last season. And it's getting kind of ridiculous now. Uh, also in the Metro, Carolina is going to wear the Whalers jerseys on December 23rd and March 5th. I believe March wow. second date. Wow. So that's legitimately very cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pretty pumped about that too. Don't think people in Hartford are, but yeah, it's, I'm pretty excited. No, no, but what what's the population there? Like ten thousand? Yeah, it's Connecticut, it's whatever. Uh, whatever Connecticut. <laughs> whatever. Radon retires. Uh sixteen seasons, six hundred and twenty three points, one thousand fifty seven games. Seven franchises, Steve. You want to take a guess? You just want me to rattle them off. <laughs> rattle them off. I'm too tired to come up with a guess, buddy. Avs, Hurricanes, Coyotes, Blackhawks, Vancouver, Lightning, and Panthers. He played for both the Phoenix and the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Tory Krug out at least three weeks with an ankle injury. He's going to be reevaluated in three weeks. Uh, his return could be the game, Bruins game against the Flyers on the 25th. Uh, Seth Jones, like we said earlier, out four to six weeks with a second-degree MCL sprain. Uh, so it's a shame. Seth the... Jones, uh, one of the more exciting young defensemen in the league. Yeah, and very important for the Blue Jackets, and he will be missing the Blue Jackets game against the Flyers on the 18th. Uh, That's Corey... not a shame. Not a shame for us. No, not at all. Uh, Corey, Power... Corey Perry out five months. Wow. Uh, yeah. no, no Owen Wilson there. That's just a straight-up wow. Yeah, uh, I didn't put that one in. I'm going to say he has a lower body injury. Don't okay. quote me on that. He's going to miss the Flyers could game. Could be upper body, could be lower body. It's the <laughs> NHL. Who knows? I think, so he's definitely, he's obviously out for the Flyers game in late October. Uh, he's definitely hurt. We know that. Yeah, but yeah, can't argue that. Uh, the Flyers play the Ducks again February 9th, which is, I think, going to be around the time that he could be coming back. So they might still see Corey Perry this season. Not 100%, 100% sure. Uh, David Schlemko is out six weeks with a knee injury. Uh, Shea Weber was named Montreal's captain. Uh, so they won't have a captain. captain until like the new year? Yeah, pretty much. And uh, and yeah, he's he's out for a few more months still. <laughs> it's not funny he's hurt. It's just funny because it's a very Canadian thing. Oh, it's so uh, Canadian. Yeah. And, uh, it's just... <laughs> I mean, is he fluent in French? Because I'm always surprised know. otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, a... What a stupid franchise. A very dumb franchise. Um, Dustin Brown broke his finger out, and definitely the Flyers play L.A. on November 1st. Scott Darling out at least a couple of weeks with the classic case of the LBI. Peter Mrazek is now starting. And speaking of the Carolina Hurricanes goaltending situation, 
they claimed Curtis McElhaney off waivers from the Leafs. So the Leafs lost McElhaney and Calvin Picard today. And man, you know, there's going to be a couple athletic articles written about that. Uh, it's going to impact them. <laughs> and then uh, also, other waiver action is Pontius Aberg, claimed by the Ducks. What Bermin- a name. Yeah, <laughs> hell of a name. First line name. I, I doubt he's going to be on the first line now. Uh, first line name, fourth line player. <laughs> Uh, Remy Eli was claimed by the Sabres. Not a bad pickup. And then uh, Dimitri Yaskin was picked up by the Capitals. So the Capitals uh, annihilated Sunquist, sent him into the sun with a Tom Wilson hit, and then they claimed one of their players. So Caps in real asshole right now to the uh, St. Louis Blue, Blues, but none, none, none of my business. Uh, Brandon Davidson signs with the Blackhawks. None of my played business. Did you games. sip some tea after saying that? <laughs> played 51 games with the Canadian. Between the Canadians, Oilers, and Islanders last season, at seven points. Signed for one year, 650K. Jason Carrison signs with the Oilers after a PTO. Same thing, one year, 650K. He was an alternate captain for the Knights last year and played a grand total of eight games. Uh, Ryan Johansson, I don't know if you saw this, but this isn't news, but uh, Ryan Johansson scored a goal over the weekend in a preseason game. Instead of celebrating, he just opened up the gate that led to the locker room and just straight up left the ice to see well, it. at least he didn't retire right after that <laughs> yeah do the Vontae davis uh and then danique martell first line forward for the tampa bay lightning at the moment there's <sighs> nothing there's no analysis there i'm not actually saying that like the flyers missed out on the first line talent i just think it's funny that he is currently on the first line for the lightning <laughs> if, if <laughs> with stamkos and uh, i know you said Danique, but i i always need to think of it as danik martell because that sounds like game of thrones character but uh <laughs> if martell ends up going on a uh a fedotenko like streak with the lightning <laughs> and becomes a should have kept i am going to lose my damn mind yeah i mean you know I, I even when he was claimed by Lightning, we were talking about it last week. I don't, I didn't see where he would fit in the lineup, but uh, first line, first line forward, kind of, you know, a little crazy, a little crazy. But uh, we'll see how it pans out. I feel like that's he's on the first line so they can create more offensive upside for their other lines, if that makes sense. Like this is a Michael Raffles on the top line, so. Travis connecting me on the third line type of move is what this feels like. Again, Martel, like Martel, not a bad option to be on the top line, but considering some of the other players on that Lightning roster, I don't know if we really should be up. He on wasn't top, top six on the Flyers roster. Yeah. He shouldn't be top six on the Lightning roster. Yeah, yeah exactly. Precisely. And that's, uh, that's around the league. It's around the league. Season preview is wrapped up. Flyer season preview is wrapped up. Uh, the Terra's uh, drug ring not wrapped up so to be continued to be continued but hopefully we have an update for you next week about Scarface Laterra and uh, yeah that's all we got <laughs> but if you have any feedback the best place to reach us is on Twitter you can follow Craig at sports are bad sports are bad yeah uh, make sure Check out all the Metro Division previews, putting out the Caps one today. And also make sure to read those. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to title these articles yet, but I'm going to start doing the series where I talk about a uh, random game in the Flyers' past when they played 18 they're about to play. 
So unfortunately, they open the season against the Golden Knights and they have no memories against them. But they do play the Senators next week. Uh, and then they do have... Mark Stone hat trick. Yeah, so you can uh, go ahead and expect that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the memory I'm going to write about. The Mark Stone hat trick against the Flyers. <laughs> Mark Stone hat trick. Not the uh, not the 2004 brawl or anything. Mark Stone. Well, it's it's what's going to happen. I've seen the future, and <laughs> you know, Greedy's like... not happy in the future. That's all I'm saying. I feel, I forget how many times they're going to play the Senators this year. I don't know if it. I think it's four times. So if they, or maybe it's maybe it's three times. If they don't, if they get... don't have three plus wins. Yeah, something's wrong. If they don't get points in every single game, I'll give I'll give them a. You know they outshoot the centers like forty to fifteen, losing the shootout. I'll give them the benefit of that doubt on one of those. But if they win like one of three games, I'm going to throw up against the Senators because that's <laughs> insanity. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. Hockey's back, baby. I'm ready. Uh, hockey's back, baby. Uh, you can reach me at Flyperbole or at SD Bomb. I uh, wanted to give a quick shout out to Dan who made a Twitter account just to say. That Flyperbole is the funniest podcast he listens to. Thank you for reaching out, Dan, and creating a Twitter account just to tell us that. We really do appreciate that. That is awesome. Yeah, thank you. But uh, Flyperbole or Bomb to reach me on twitter.com.org.gov and uh, follow BSH Radio and follow the Broad Street Hockey account. But all that good stuff. And I just wanted to quickly also go on the record and say that, no, I am not gritty. Uh, I have been asked by coworkers <laughs> if I am secretly gritty on the side. And, and no, no, I'm not gritty. I'm sorry to disappoint you all. Yeah, that's upsetting. I thought you were. I know. I, it's uh, the opposite. My that. eyes, you never know which direction I'm looking in. They're constantly just floating off into space. Only the set of eyes that, who could not fall in love with Gritty's eyes? Just look one look into those eyes and you get lost forever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right gang but uh we do thank you for listening we really appreciate all the support you guys have been giving us and uh we're back hockey's back and we're excited to delve into this flyer season no matter how maddening it may be at times but uh you know we're back for the ride and uh i'm gonna go get some sleep but gang until next time as always good night and good hockey Hello everybody, this is Flyperbole. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell, and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. Are the guys who watch the hockey sport? Yeah! <laughs> 
Hey guys, this is John Stolnes from The Good Fight and the Phillies podcast, Hitting Season, where I talk to Phillies beat writers, broadcasters, and fellow Good Fight bloggers, as well as national baseball writers, and the occasional interview with Matt Klintak and Gabe Kapler. Also, you'll get continued success, a Phil's podcast hosted by Justin Clue and Liz Rocher covering all things Phillies, and The Dirty Inning, a hilarious podcast hosted by Justin and Trevor Strunk, looking at the very worst innings in Phillies history. Make sure you are subscribed to The Good Fight podcast feed.